Hey, y'all. You are listening to Situationships, the podcast where black millennials from across the relationship spectrum, from singledom to divorced, share their personal stories to uncover hard-learned lessons of love. I'm your host, Randy. Hey, y'all. This is Randy. I am so excited to bring you an episode with CEO, screenwriter, public speaker, and best-selling and award-nominated author, Phoenix Williams. You may be familiar with her erotic romantic series, Sex, Lies, and Friendship, or her paranormal series, Queens of Beasts. Phoenix credits her success to standing in her truth, obsessing over anime, owning who she is, and giving her fears the bird. In her words, she writes books and talks shit, which you know I love and had to have her on the show. On this episode, Phoenix shares a story from her early 20s when she was dating someone seriously and found out in the worst way possible that he had moved on. Phoenix drops all the gems on this episode and shares her unabashed truth that got her to the place of growth and maturity that she's in now. I had so much fun talking with Phoenix and I really hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and rate the pod and leave a review. Don't forget to check out the Situationships Podcast Facebook community where ladies are sharing dating and relationship tips and insights that they've learned through trial and error. And lastly, let's connect on social media. You can find me at Situationships Pod on Instagram and Facebook and at Situations Pod on Twitter. All right, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Phoenix. Hi. All right. My story, my dating story. It's a doozy. Okay, so I called myself being in love back in, like I, I want to say it was like 2008, 2009. Okay. Um, I was really like super in love with this guy. I'm going to call him Bill because he's a clout chaser and I don't want to give him no shine. So... <laughs> I um I was dating him for a while. We were together for like a year, year and a half. And he had moved around like different states. I had moved around different states. So we always ended up back together. Were you guys and like, so like had, did you guys have like a title or was it just kind of like? Yeah, like, like that was my guy. I was his girl. Like we were boyfriend, girlfriend. We were like for real going on. Like, I was like, he would call me. I would send him money. Okay. Like, I had him on my credit cards. Oh, that's real. Moving up to where I was at at the time. It was like we was like together, together. Okay, I got uh, you. So he had. Um, we were both about to move back to Illinois because I'm from here, and I had been living in Minnesota. He had been living down south, so we're moving both moving at the same time back to Illinois. So I pick him up from the airport. We go back to the house. Like, we're chilling. We're kicking it. Everything is great for, like, a whole, like, two months. We're back together. And then he tells me, oh, I'm going to go visit my, I think it was, like, his mama or his grandmama um, down in Mississippi. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. That's fine. So I'll see you when you get back. He's like, yeah, for sure. I'll be back on such and such a day. Everything is great. I swear to God, like, three, two to three days after he left, Mm-hmm. I go to my mailbox. I see a nice envelope. I'm like, oh shit, who's sending me something? So I open the envelope. I'm thinking, is this like a fancy bill? It was not. It was a wedding invitation to I Bill's see. wedding. I see. And I was like, I'm so serious. I was like, this, you couldn't break up with me. Like, you really couldn't like be man enough to be like, yo. I fell in love with somebody else while I was while you was in Minnesota and I was down south. I fell in love with somebody else. I have been playing this wedding. From what I understood from one of his cousins, the only reason why he came back to Illinois was to like finish up like any kind of business he had up here because yeah. he had always I'm moving right back down south. I think it was like to Atlanta or something like that. And so you couldn't break up with me. <laughs> you couldn't tell me, yo, I can't be with you. I love somebody else. Nah, you had to keep on stringing me along. And then to break up with me, you send me a wedding invitation. You're lucky I'm not petty because I would have showed up to that wedding. <laughs> Wait, so how long had you guys been like living apart? We had been living apart. It was never more than like four to five months that we had ever been apart. Okay, okay. 
And so I guess like when you guys were doing the long distance thing or even when he would come back, like were there any like red flags or signals that you had that something like wasn't right? Looking back, I think I was just a little naive. How old were you at the time? I was 20. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I was 20, 21. How old was he? I feel like I was 20 because I couldn't drink yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I could drink, but I couldn't go buy it. Gotcha, you know? gotcha, so, gotcha. And he was older than me. He was like, I, I was 20. He was maybe like 30. Okay. And so my mama and them was like, I don't know about this. I was like, but I love him. So, <laughs> so like, when looking back now, I do see that there were signs. Like, he was always very secretive. Um, I never was able to, like, like, grab his phone real quick and make a call. Um, and back then, it wasn't like, there was only MySpace. You know, there wasn't, like, yeah. a Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, or if there was, I wasn't on it. So, like, I never was, like, looking at his MySpace and anything like that. Like, I trusted him 100% completely because I felt like, okay, when you're with somebody, you have to trust them until they give you a reason not to. He never, in my mind, gave me a reason not to. Yeah. I always took what he said at face value. So, when you when you opened the invitation and you saw it, like, what was your first reaction? I laughed. Really? <laughs> like what because it was it's it's so crazy like you would never think someone would break up with you that way yeah to send you like a real life wedding invitation not knowing if i was going to actually take you up on your offer for real for real that's that's bold like if you really think about it exactly the phoenix back then wouldn't have done it because i was very very shy i was very like you know um introverted Phoenix now would pop up at that wedding to know like what the hell is going on. Um, but I didn't know how to respond. And the best friend I had at that time, um, she was just like, Oh no, you know, we're gonna go ahead and not go. We're gonna just be, you know, we're gonna keep it classy and keep it moving. The best friend I have now would have helped me book that plane ticket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there um but i think i handled it the best way that i could have at the time because i i mean i'm fresh new adult you know like Mm -hmm. i don't know anything about love and relationships the last one i had had i had a son with him you know so it wasn't like i um i knew what was going to be what men could do yeah you know and he he played the big time, man. Like, I'll, I'll take the L on that one. <laughs> yeah. So have you, like, did you hear from him? Have you heard from him in, like, I guess the decade since? Like, or is he just, like, ghost living his life with his wife? He did reach out to me, I would say a good, like, five years ago, right when I had first started the whole writing thing. Uh-huh. And I was starting to get some notoriety. He had reached out to me and was like, oh, yeah, you know. Hey, how's it go? Uh-uh. Go talk to your wife. Don't talk to me. Girl. <laughs> Girl. Oh, my gosh. I apologize for how you did me. You asking me, like, what's going on with this career choice I have? Like, because like, he sees me like out on the road and everything. He's like, oh, you popping? Stuff. Don't come to me talking about how I'm pop- I know. Mm-hmm. I already know that. My bank account knows that. Go talk to your wife. <laughs> Don't talk to me. That is one of my biggest pet peeves is when men pop back up. It's, it's especially when they see you doing good and mm. it's just like what do you want and, then, and, and on top of that like when you're already like, like they're already in a relationship with someone else like like you said go be with your wife go be with your girl leave me alone what do you want like it's just so so unbelievably selfish it drives me crazy it's like they can't i i heard this quote from charlemagne the god mm-hmm. once he was like once my box always my box are you serious? No. <laughs> and I know he was saying that in a joking way, mm-hmm. but there are guys that people really think like that. Like, yo, like, even though me and you ain't together, like, you still my girl. No, I'm not your girl. You have a girl. You remember, you made her your woman. You made her your wife. You gave her your last name, and you still the invitation to it. So there's nothing for us to talk about unless you're coming to me to say, yo, Phoenix, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done you like that because you was nothing but good to me. Like, I upgraded him, like, for real, for real. And then he just did me so dirty. So that taught me a valuable lesson. 
you can't turn no hoe into no house husband. Okay, you can't. <laughs> yes, house husband. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't because I mean he was he was like super good looking. And he knew it. And you can't sit here and try to fall in love with somebody that loves themselves more than anyone. Yeah, yeah. So I guess how how did that situation change how you went about dating? I knew that I couldn't jump into things blindly anymore. Okay. I had to I had to redefine what I thought was dating. Um, in the beginning, when I first started dating, I'm thinking, okay, we're gonna see each other with only each other and I'm going to just be with you and only you and then you know that's it that's not what dating is especially like at 20 like at 20 like there's no there's no real need to be like super devoted to any one person like come on even at 30 I'm 31 now and I'm like okay if I'm gonna date somebody I'm gonna date several people until I weed out the one I don't like yep and then I find the one that I really do and we connect on an emotional spiritual and physical level that doesn't mean I'm sleeping with all of them that just means like I'm going out with you trying to get to know you and then I'll give you my loyalty and all of that and my devotion you can't just give that to the first person that comes along and I also realized that Good dick is the devil. That's what that situation really taught me. Because if I would have, if I would have just opened my eyes and not been so damn whipped, I would have been able to see a lot of things weren't adding up and making sense, you know. So that situation really taught me I need to open my eyes and not take everything at face value. People will lie to you and people will hurt you. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. And I think, I mean. I know my experience in my 20s, and I mean, not even just early 20s, like throughout my 20s, like just taking people's word um, when I didn't know them well enough to really be like, I don't know, believing everything that they told me. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think to like to the point that you just made, I think men are often taught, boys are often taught to like keep their options open. And I know for myself, I was always like, well, I want to be a good, you know, potential girlfriend. So I need to be serious. I need to be thoughtful. I need to be this. But like, you don't need to be that to someone who hasn't committed themselves to you or shown themselves to to do those same things for you. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Give me them girlfriend benefits when they're just associates of yours. You know? Yes. My, 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 my childhood, my father would be like, okay, well, you know. This is how a man's supposed to treat you and how he's supposed to do this and do that for you. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And then when I started dating, I would look for those things and I would get those things from the guys, but we weren't committed. And, but I'm over here acting like I'm committed. You know, they'd be the main mm-hmm. ones having a million girls in their phones. And I would be sitting here just talking to them, but only them. Mm-hmm. You know, and which is, you know, fine if we were, if I had already said I was going to commit myself to them. There was no, title put on it there was no you know hey let's sit down and talk about that but I did realize soon after I broke up with him and I started doing the whole dating thing guys would get really upset they'd be like well what do you mean you're going out with Jimmy tonight I like I said I'm going out with Jimmy what do you mean oh so you just go go out you haven't made me your girlfriend absolutely you have not told me anything about a commitment now the moment you want to talk about commitments okay sure I won't go out with Jimmy no more. But until then, I'm gonna need you to call me tomorrow because I'm going because <laughs> I got plans tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's real, and that's and that's funny too because I I completely agree. I think that there's totally a double standard, whereas men so often feel like they can just go and do whatever it is that they want with whoever they want, however many women they want. But the minute you got options, like as a woman, they're like, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, what what you mean you got somebody else on your roster? Like, it's such a double standard. It really is. That's what I think that goes back to, like, how we, um, how we train and raise our girls and our boys. I have a son. Mm-hmm. He's my only child. And I make it very well known to him, like, number one, there's a difference between the girls you kick it with and the girls you bring home to meet me. Mm. Don't bring them all over here. I don't want to meet them all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then secondly, be a one-woman man. Don't be sitting up here stringing girls along. And the worst thing 
that you could ever have happen to you is somebody comes to me and tell me that you are mistreating their daughter. Because yeah. then me and you have a problem. Yeah. But a lot of people don't have their sons like that. And so, you know, you have to... A lot of these guys, especially right now, like in my age range, you know, you're in your early 30s, late 20s, they want a relationship that mirrors what their mom did for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to this house doing your laundry and cooking for you and you just relax and playing Xbox. I don't think so. I don't do that for my 13-year-old. I'm not doing that for your 30-year-old behind. Like, I know, that's for right. real. <laughs> No, that's right. And you know what? That's and that's also wonderful to hear about how you're raising your son. Because I think like essentially like norms and standards don't change unless we teach our boys differently. Um, so that's that's really encouraging to hear that. Hopefully, these next generation of girls don't got to deal with raggedy boys. But we, we'll see. At least your son. You know what I mean? What's <laughs> up together? Because I, you know, the things that I don't want to deal with with guys, I teach him how to do. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to be sitting up here. Like when I was in college, I had a college apartment, and one of the biggest things that guys I was dating would ask me, be like, "Hey, girl, you got a washer and dryer?" That not what? Yeah, I have one, but you can't come over here and do your laundry. Like <laughs> that's <you know>? insane. <laughs> that's insane. Oh my goodness! Wow, wow. There's a laundry mat down the street. Like what? I don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> wow, wow. Um. Well, okay. Well, thank you for sharing that story. I think that's that's such a universal. Ex- I mean, well, I, let me let me roll that back. Not, I don't think getting a wedding invitation in the mail is a universal experience, but I do think like loving harder than you should or being lied to. I do think that is unfortunately like experience a lot of women um, go through. Um, but I'm glad that you learned something from it and that you know how to like. Like you said, learn how to date. Because I think that's something I have, you know, my own personal experiences, but I had to learn how to date. And it's something that I'm like still figuring out what, you know, what that looks like for me today. But um, that was wonderful. So let's transition into asking for a friend. So I want to talk about what your current dating slash relationship situation is. So what, so what you got going on right now? So right now, I am selectively, cautiously dating. Uh, I've been celibate for years now. It oh, really? started off, yeah, it started off as a bet, and it just got out of hand. Really? <laughs> That's fascinating. So how long has it been? I mean, if you don't mind me asking. It's going on six years. Oh, my God. I mean, yes. not just like... Not that I need to be putting all my business out there, but I've gone like four years. So like, if that's not absurd, but that's, I mean, especially for it to be a conscious choice, like six years is a long time. In the beginning. Okay. So I always say that I'm trying to reform my inner hoe. Um, <laughs> six years ago, your girl Phoenix was getting it in, honey. Okay. She was out okay. here living the life. I had hope of sex. I was getting it. <laughs> and <laughs> And my best friend came to me and she was like, look, you're super unfocused because you're juggling like all these other extracurricular activities. Um, so why don't you just like, let's see how long you can go without sex. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I can go like, you know, like a whole like couple months and stuff. And they're like, no, no, no. Here's how we'll know that you're going to um, be serious about this. They got me a flower. Okay, mm-hmm. like a little potted flower, and it was a rose, so we named it Rose. Okay, uh-huh. and as long as if the flower died, I could not have sex. Okay, but if I kept the flower alive, I could. Okay, that flower died. <laughs> I could not keep that flower fucking alive. I had like three, four of them things. And so it ended up being where, like, after like, the first few months, I was like, fuck this flower. <laughs> I ain't gonna try to keep her alive anymore because she keeps dying on me. Yeah. And um, I was just, but after um, a few months, I really started getting focused. Like, I was like, okay, here's where my career used to go. Here's what I need to do. I ended up dropping out of college uh, to become a writer full time. And I was just so busy with that. And I looked up and it was like, okay, it's two years. Um, And then I went ahead and um, I went ahead and, uh, Kept on going, kept on going with the career and being celibate. I was dating a little bit, but not so much because the next thing I knew, my writing career took off. 
And I was really out here just like um, on tour, on interviews. I made a, um, a short film. So I was really, really busy. Mm-hmm. My son was growing up and all that. And plus the dudes I came across, I'm like, look, it done been this long. Oh, right. you're going to have to earn this stuff. And I had to found me uh, about six years ago. I might have gone ahead and be like, all right, he could have it. Mm-hmm. Ah, I know more. Like, you really going to have to be jumping through fiery ass hoops and proving <laughs> yourself. Because I'm not going to sit here and give away my time, my energy, and my celibacy to someone who does not desire it. You're going to have to earn me. Absolutely. And a lot of times, because there's so, I'm not saying that a lot of girls are easy, but for guys, when they're dating out here, like, come on, like the statistics show, there's a lot more available guys than there are girls. And so, I mean, a lot more girls than there are guys. And so you can have like three to four women per per man. Right. And right. so you have all the pickings. And so my my whole thing is, I don't give a damn how many options you have when it comes to me i know i am a catch mm. you have to prove yourself to me so when i'm dating these guys now i'm asking questions that the other girls aren't asking they're asking you about your car they're asking you about your job i'm asking you about your plans okay because let me tell Amen. you 401ks make me excited Girl. okay you me on talk about that blue cross blue shield <laughs> i didn't know you have a damn plan absolutely <laughs> Because this, I mean, that's the thing. We're talking about real life. We're talking about, especially if you're talking about marriage and you're talking about the rest of your life, the rest of your life is a long ass time. And yeah. so you can't just be out here picking people willy nilly. Absolutely. It's a difference, like I tell my son, between the girls you bring home and the girls you're picking with. Same thing for women. It's a difference between the guys you know you're going to kick it with and the guys you're going to be serious and make lifelong plans with. Yeah, yeah. The guys that I know I'm not going to take seriously, you know, we'll go out to the movies, we'll go have fun or whatever, but I'm never going to take them seriously. They're never going to know my government name. They're going to keep on calling me Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you say that you're da- like, ugh, dating like selectively and cautiously, what does that look like? in practice for you? In practice, it really means, okay, when I go on my Plenty of Fish or I go on my eHarmony, that's how I meet people these days Mm because most of the people that I I see on a regular basis are fellow authors and that's just a no-no. You do not date someone in the industry. You're asking for trouble. Um, So when I meet people, um, I'm really like, I'm looking at your profile. I don't give a damn about your pictures. Okay, you fine, that's great. But let me see if you know, like, grammar. Like, let me see if you know how to put together a sentence. Let me see if your interests start. And then if I'm interested in you when I send you a message, okay, we're going to chat for a little bit inside of this app. And then I'll give you my phone number. And then we're going to go ahead and chat on there. And then maybe we'll meet in person. I'm not going to waste my time. Because I, it's easy to capture my attention, but hard to keep it because Ooh. I have relationship ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> uh, looking after all of that, if I still want to talk to you, if I still want to see you and meet you, then you are somebody special, and I will select you. Yeah, it's gonna be on my side. It's not gonna be on yours. Yeah. So you know how you know the grass is always greener on the other side, right? When single people always think that people not always, but often think that people in relationships have it better. People in relationship always think that single people have it better. And so I'm curious from you know your lived experience, what is the best and worst part of your like selective dating, casual dating situation right now? The best part is the freedom. Yeah. That's it real. is so much freedom. I can do what I want. I don't have to answer to anybody. I don't check in with anybody. Like I do what I want when I want how I want. The the worst part is that it does get lonely sometimes. Like I would love to roll over in the middle of the night and there'd be a body in my bed. You know what I'm saying? Like I would love to be able to do like family trips when Valentine's Day come around. Your girl wants some flowers. You, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I have to understand that I have to tell myself all the time, what's for you will be for you. Right. It will come to you. It won't pass time. you. Right. Exactly. If I'm not meant to be in a relationship right now, that's perfectly fine because I have so many other things going on. I am not half a person because I do not have a maid. 
And when girls tell me, oh, I met my other half, I'm like, no, you were never half a person. You were Mm. just living a half life. Mm. I'm living a full life. I'm super content and happy with where I am. A partner will just enhance all of that and make it better. Oh, that's, oh my God, you preach it. It is a double for me in the, in the one song. It's funny because like, I mean, I 100% relate to what you're, what you're saying. I've, I've been single my whole life. I've only had like a couple of very short lived situationships here or there. Um, but, and I, I mean, like to your point, like, you know, the freedom is amazing. I don't have to worry about anybody else but myself. I make all of my choices for myself and do what I want uh, all of the time. And it is wonderful and beautiful. But to the other point, like, you know, that big get lonely sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, it, it'd be nice, like you said, to have someone to do something with, to have someone to just be there to share the moments with. But the more, the longer I'm single, the older I get, the more I realize that, like you said, I want to design a life that is full because I make it full, because I fill it with people that I love, friends and family that I love, and things that I enjoy doing. And, and anyone, any man that would come into that picture would just be the icing on the cake. Because um, I want to be able to, I just, it just, I, I don't want my happiness to live outside of myself, you know? Um, and and that's really, really important to me. And like you said, it don't mean it don't be lonely sometimes. Like it's, it's very real. Um, but, but, you know, it's, you know, and I think, like you said, time, timing is, is, is never wrong. You know, you're supposed to be single right now. We're supposed to be single right now for whatever reason. And, you know, whatever lessons we're supposed to get out of this, whatever, cause you're, I mean, you got a You, you got a, a story to tell. You have several stories to tell and who knows what, um, hindrance might be to getting those stories out if you had a partner. I know I'm always grateful for ha- being single in my 20s because I know for a fact I was dumb and I wouldn't <laughs> have done half of the interesting and exciting things I did in my 20s if I had some stupid boyfriend that I was sitting up under. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I completely agree because like when I look at my 20s, even like up until maybe a year and a half ago, I was extremely selfish. Yeah. Any man that got with me in my 20s would have been like dismantled emotionally because yeah. I would forget you. I, I tried to date. I really did. I tried to have the whole relationship thing even after my breakup. And I was just like, well, he's here on Monday. I forgot it all by Friday. He in my <laughs> inbox. I'm like, well, when are you going to come and see me? I was like, boy <laughs> I'm busy you know and mm. so I I think now because when it comes to relationships timing is key a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on you know compatibility and chemistry and all that's true but if the timing is off if you are not ready or if they are not ready it doesn't matter what what it is you're not going to make it work I've met a lot of great guys, and we could have had something really, really beautiful. The timing was all fucked, and so now I, I know that. If, all right, now I am ready. I am ready to go ahead and settle down. Um, does that mean it'll happen right now? Because I'm ready. No, I still got more things to do. You know, I still got to take up my time. But if that person comes along, okay, great. If not, okay, great. I'll be fine either way. Yeah, that's real. It's funny because I also think a lot about like the marathon mindset. Like I know what it is that I want from a relationship and my standards are high and they're only getting higher. And Mm -hmm. anybody that I invite to my life who's not right for me might satisfy that itch right now. It might feel good in the short term, but it's not going to get me to what I want and what I need in the long term. And that doesn't mean that you can't have fun and you can't, you know, date around and, 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 and enjoy whose company might be there for the time being. But it's important not to get caught up in that. Cause, and, I'm, and I've learned myself. I've learned if I like you and we start hanging out and talking regularly, I'm going to really, really like you. Even if you're not right for me, even if I'm not supposed to, we're not supposed to be together. Yeah. I know myself. And so I have to. And, it's, and that's why it's like 
I end up usually being alone because it's, it's very black and white for me. If I like with you, I fuck with you, I fuck with you hard. And then I end up getting my feelings hurt because things weren't in alignment. And so I'm just trying to mem- remember what it is that I want in the long term. What's the the life that I want to build with somebody? And is any of this little, you know, fun or whatever that comes in in the midterm um, or in the interim, is it keeping me from reaching that that ultimate goal of what I want? You know what I mean? I have a thing that I tell people all the time on Instagram. And I say, Life in, in life, you're going to have to settle for things, but bad sex and heartbreak isn't on the list. Ooh, I, <laughs> I refuse to settle in a relationship, Absolutely. and that might make me high maintenance. And it's so okay, right? I okay, I might because I feel like I don't ask for a lot. I feel like I want you just to be honest, trustworthy, have your own life going on, and don't expect me to entertain you. And I think as women, we have to understand that we play a role in how a lot of the guys treat every oh, woman we out pay here. such a huge... Oh, my God. Say that again. Oh, my... Like, you <laughs> people only do to you what you allow them to do to you. Yes. You have to teach people how to treat you. Yes. And so a lot of times these relationships, and I've seen it because I grew up in a house full of men. Mm-hmm. I grew up with my dad and my brothers and all my cousins and all that. And I've seen... They will call a girl and they the girl will drop everything she was doing to come running to them. Mm. She would call him, girl, I'm busy. I'm kicking it with so-and-so. I'm over here doing, I'll catch you next week. Stop making yourself so available. Ooh, that's a word. If you stop making yourself so, I, I learned when I stopped making myself so available where they would call me up and I would come running as opposed to now where you call me up and I put you on my schedule. Mm-hmm. Oh, they trying their hardest to get on my schedule now because <laughs> they don't know when they're going to see me again. Yeah. And it makes it a little more like, okay, I have to actually try for her. Mm-hmm. And I had one guy say that to me, like, okay, you know what, you, I really got to like, I kind of got to pull out my big guns and try. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to pull out your big guns. I'm asking you to get off your ass and treat me like I'm somebody. <laughs> that's a word. Well, and that's the thing too, is like, I feel like it helps you weed out people who are even even worth your time really early. Like if I set a boundary and especially a reasonable boundary and that upsets you or you can't handle that, we're clearly not meant for each other. And I know that Mm -hmm. very because there's a lot of dudes who you miss one phone call, you forget, not even forget you're busy, you're living your life and you can't text back within a reasonable hour. And they're like, where you been all day? Like, Living my life, bro. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> and if you can't handle that when I just met you, then this not going to work out. This not going to work out because I'm not at your beck and call for some Negro I just met or whatever. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. it's, it's hard. Very important in every relationship, whether it's you know your, your love, platonic, your work environment, there has to be boundary set. Amen. And so in the beginning... And my friends think I'm crazy when I do this, but I set the expectations as soon as you decide you want to take me out somewhere and start talking to me seriously. I let them know, like, hey, look, I live a busy lifestyle. Between the consulting work I do for my day job, the literary consulting, the books, and my son, and just like my regular, you know, everyday obligations, I'm not going to always be around. That doesn't mean I don't care about you. That just means that I'm not going to be here to entertain you. So if you're looking for someone who has nothing to do, no time, and all the time to be focused on you, I am not that girl. And so that way, when they get mad later on, when they call me at nine at night and I don't answer because I'm I'm asleep, because I have an early day tomorrow, (laughs) they can't be mad because I'm like, well, you know, I told you. I have a busy life, which means I go to bed early. And that's such a good point, too. My, one of my good friends, um, she always talks about managing expectations. And I think that's so important. It's something I need to implement more in my life because I think that's such such a good strategy is to let people know up front what, what, what your boundaries are, what the expectations are to interact with you. And so no one's confused, no one's surprised, no one's caught off guard. Um, and we can all go in this with our eyes open. You know, I think that's, that's, that's excellent advice. You have to, I think it, it, it creates a clear cut path. A lot of times relationships can be messy yeah. because you have 
people with two different ideas going into it. He thinks it's just a great time, and you're thinking you're about to get married. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you come in with two different ways of how this is going to go, and it doesn't go your way, next thing you know, you bust the windows out the car, you on Facebook posting subliminal posts and on Twitter, you know, <laughs> over there trying to uh, at him on everything, you know, and trying to go on Snapchat and blow up his spot. You know, you can't be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's real. And, you know, one other thing I wanted to say related to what you were talking about just a minute ago is it's just like raising your standards. Like, I am on like a crusade to have all women, particularly black women, women raise their standards because, A, we deserve more. Um, and 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 I think men in particular, I don't want to man, man bash or men bash, whatever, but I do think that men are taught to give the bare minimum until more is required of them, um, generally speaking. Um, and so when you require more, that, like, I, I just think, like, I can't be the only one out here having high standards because everybody else's standards on the floor. And, <laughs> and niggas going to go and take whoever ain't got no standards so they can take a walk all over. And so I'm like, let's all collectively raise our standards so we can all have better, so we can all have the love and attention and, and whatever else that we, lo- that we want and deserve. You know what I mean? It's a low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So my, yeah. uh, my grandma used to call it. She said, you know, there are people out there who, she lives in, she lives in Georgia, so it was always peace tree she was talking about. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, see, there's a peace tree right there, right? And you see the fruit that's right there at the bottom, the, the lowest branch is hanging low. Most people are going to grab that or the ones that have fallen around the tree already because there's no effort in that. Mm. You get the peach, you take it home, you eat it, you're done with it. You forget about it as soon as you're done. But the one who has to go break out the ladder, mm. I'm all the way up to the top, get cut up by other branches, mm-hmm. get hit by other low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. to finally get that right, perfect peach at the top of the tree, climb all the way back down the ladder, he's going to go home and he's going to really enjoy that fruit. He's going to take his time, you know, and cherish it. Sauteing it, it, make a whole little pretty plate, and then mm. go ahead and eat it. He's going to think back like, man, that was the best damn fruit I've had in a long time. Because he had to put the effort into getting it. Yeah, yes. Don't be low-hanging fruit, ladies. Oh, yes. Don't be low-hanging fruit, ladies. Let's write that down. Um, <laughs> and so, if you had to tell your former self, your 20-year-old self, about what it's gonna be like to be 31 and single. Like, what would you prepare her for? I would tell her, like, slow the hell down. Yeah. Society and Disney movies have fucked you up. Um, <laughs> you think you have to be some pretty, pretty princess who gets married in her early 20s, or you failed at life. Uh-huh. Um, I know at 20, a lot of my friends are getting married. Guess what? At 30, they're all divorced. Girl. So let's uh, let's take our time, get to know who we are first. Cause we have a whole lot of issues. We gotta get to, and you know we got like a whole child we have to raise. So mm-hmm. let's let's do that and do that right. And then when you become thirty, guess what? Your son's thirteen, about to be fourteen. You don't have anything to really worry about. Your career's on on deck, and you have become a really good woman. 20-year-old you is a horrible person who really <laughs> needs to get get it together. 30-year-old you is a way better person and you are deserve a way better mate. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times, especially with women, and I say this with all the love I have in my heart, our standards don't match where we are in life. And so, for an example, I have a cousin, and I always tell this to her. She's like, you know, I want a man who's like six foot five. He's chocolate. He's got, you know, ripped abs and muscular. He got a good six-figure job. No kids. No exes with drama. He got his own, you know, he got his own house, his own car. We can go on vacation. I'm like, girl, I sound perfect. But 
why would he want you? Girl. <laughs> there you go. I know he's not pretty. I'm not talking about looks. You are the opposite of everything you just named. Yeah. You don't have your own house. You don't have your own car. You don't have a job. You got several kids. You not your body ain't looking right. It ain't ripped like his. I'm not saying that's something from a big girl because I'm a, I'm bigger myself. But if he's the person who spends all his time in the gym, he's probably going to want you to match that lifestyle, right. and you're not matching it right now. Right. If he's doing all this and you're doing all that, how in the hell are you going to keep him? Let alone how are you going to meet him? I was going to say how are you going to find each other? Right? He at the gym. Where are you at? <laughs> Where you going to meet him at? And if you do happen to meet him, it's going to be like the same guys you dealt with in the past who slept with you and left you because they don't take you seriously. You need to match. I think we should all make a list of what we want in our perfect mate and try to match that. That's literally, oh my God, you're you're speaking my life right now. I remember this like <laughs> maybe a year, year and a half ago. Um, Nicole Ari Parker, I don't even remember if this was Instagram or something on the internet. She was talking about how she met Boris Kojo and she, she did just that. She made a list of what she was looking for in a partner and she realized she didn't meet the qualifications of that list. And that was Mm. such an eye opening moment for me. And it's funny because like, I'm looking at it right now. I have put together um, a list of traits that I want in a partner. And I've actually been spending time the past couple of weeks being more detailed and specific about what that means to me. And it's my goal over the next you know, year, however long it takes to become that person that I want to attract. Like you can't, yeah. you can't, I mean, it's not you can't, but like, it's just hard to expect someone to want you when you're not on that same level of what you want, you know? So... Absolutely, because if I was to talk to my 20-year-old self who wanted all of these magical things to happen on in this magical make-believe person, I would say, honey, the person you are right now, all you're going to get is the local weed dealer, okay? <laughs> because you are not ready yeah. for the person who's out here making six figures. Yeah. Why would they want you when you work at Babies R Us? I need you to go ahead and figure life out. And then go ahead and start, you know, um, start looking and raising your standards. So I think it's great that we all have high standards. I think that we just need to make sure that the high standards also that they, these people are going to have, we meet them. I completely agree. I couldn't agree with you more. I, yeah, and I, I, I think that's excellent advice too. To, to, to that advice is twofold. To, to raise your standards, but also to, to meet your standards. You know, I think that's those goals. Exactly. Upgrade yourself. Upgrade yourself, Beyonce, and then you can go ahead and kill, you know catch a Jay Z. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, so what is one piece of actionable advice for dating or relationships that you could give the audience? Trust your instincts. Okay. Trust your instincts. You have to really be self in tune with yourself. And the way to get there, um, I find easy is I spend a lot of quiet time each day. I'll spend time with just myself, either, you know, meditating or praying or whatever it is to kind of build up this self discernment. Um, so that way, when I go out with somebody, if I get like this, this fluttering in my belly and, you know, this kind of like uneasy feeling I already know, I don't give a damn what they're going to say. I'm never going to speak with them again. Mm. And then I also, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to give you, well, I'm going to say three things. Okay, so first, learn to trust your instincts. Secondly, harness the power of no. Be able to say no without having to explain yourself. Oh my God. No is a complete sentence. Yes. And so I don't want you to ever feel like you have to make excuses. Like if someone asks you and you say no, that should be the end of the conversation. It shouldn't be no because or no, I would, but we don't have to make excuses. When someone says, hey, Phoenix, do you want to go out with me? No. (laughs) And that's that's it. Yes. I don't have to explain myself. And then thirdly, one thing that my grandmother told me um, when I was a young girl that's always stuck with me when it comes to dating is she says, if you meet a man and you get the butterflies in your stomach and your heart starts pounding and, you know, you kind of like break out in the cold sweat, that's not the man for you. And I was like, what you mean? Because every book I read. Right. <laughs> she said, no, that man's not the man for you. 
That's your inner self telling you to run. When you meet someone and you get this sense of calm that flows through you, everything's going to be all right. Like no matter what they got you. And yeah, you might have a little, a little flutter in your stomach. It's only because you're getting turned on. Nothing else. Um, (laughs) That's the person you need to be with. They are going to be the ones that are going to be your rock in the storm of life. That's beautiful. I've never heard that before. I like, I love that so much. My grandparents are married, I think, 50 years before my grandfather passed. Really? They were just so in love, and you could just see it both on both sides. My 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 paternal and my maternal. They um they have very very long marriages until one of them passed, and it's been the same thing on both sides. But like, hey, when you meet someone and you feeling all jumpy and anxious and all that kind of stuff, like you're about to like you're on the edge of a mountain and you're about to fly off, that is not the person. Because can you imagine going through life feeling like that every single day? Yeah, that's real. That's real. Well, Phoenix, it sounds like you have done your work. Like, this is, like, you have real gems to share with people. Like, like literally, this is this is excellent advice. Like, I, I don't even know how to put this in words, but I, I really hear the work that you've done on yourself and, and the thoughtfulness that you put into how you live your life and how you think others should, should go about their, their journeys as well. Um, Thank you. It's all about trying to get to the better you. Now, I ain't going to lie. I still got some play red tendencies, but I'm working on those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know I said he ain't through with me yet. You know what I mean? I still got some work to do, but I'm, you know, I'm taking the steps there. Um, so I want to get into our next segment, which is the do better corner. And so why, like on, on that note um, of still having work to do, what is uh, one of the pettiest things you've ever done in a dating or relationship situation? I slept with his brother. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. This is this is a safe space. I I did, and you know what? Here's the thing. It was I was a bad person back then. So I judged that that version of me because I was like, man, it's not like I want to do that to you. You be out here trying to fight everybody. That's right. But I was really a bad person and I was upset about something minor, yeah. I think it was. I can't remember the circumstances, but next thing I know, I mean, his brother kissed me and my clothes fell off and, and I slept with him. <laughs> it, was just, it was bad. It was really bad. And looking back, the guy I was with, he was, very, he was a very nice guy. We just weren't nice to each other. Mm. We were really good people who were who brought out the worst in each other. Oh, wow. And man. so, you know, he was sleeping around and, um, you know, with his, his baby mama or whatever. Uh, and he was mad at me because I told him the sex was whack. And next thing I know, <laughs> I'm sleeping with his brother. It was a whole mess. Damn. A whole mess. And so looking back, at, but I will say I did learn something. Okay. Whack sex will make you do really bad things. Really? Okay, and so if you are sitting here with a person who is making you roll your eyes in the dark, you need to leave. It does not get better. I don't care if people tell you, oh, there's more important things to a relationship. That's not true. Sex is a huge part of a relationship. It really is. Using your spirits, talk to one another. And stuff is whack. Just leave. It doesn't get better. All you're going to do is stress yourself out. Yeah. And you know what, too, like, I'm all about coming from, well, this is new, but like coming from a, a mentality or a perspective of abundance, because I think so often we're like, well, I got somebody, I got to hold on to him, even though he's not perfect. I got to hold on to him because there's nobody else coming. <laughs> but like, we got to let that go. Like, there will be somebody around the corner who can give you all you need and fulfill you both physically and spiritually um, and, and and be what you're looking for. And if it's not, I mean, and that, like you said, sex is an important part of a relationship. And if y'all talking about forever, you know, you're going to deal with that whack dick forever? Like, forever? <laughs> I'm also a believer in blocking your blessings. While you sitting over here holding on to this person, trying to make them into the perfect person for yes. you, the perfect person for you is probably done past you three to four times that I'll just deal with him. Mm. I'll just deal with him. Or, uh, you know, he's still with her. Okay, now mom, let's go ahead and move, move around, do my own thing. And so stop holding on to something that doesn't work. I'm not advocating for anyone to up and leave their person. 
But you only have one life to live, and I feel like I'm not going to live it unhappily. Amen. Okay? There are going to be times when you can fix things. But if, the, if you're trying to work it out, talk it out, and it's just not working, and you only there because you just don't want to be alone, girl, get you some friends, okay? And leave that man alone. Get you some real Get a life. hobby. Right. <laughs> Go out and meet people because yeah. I swear it's not worth it to stay in a relationship that sucks. You are just sucking the life out of each other because you are both unhappy, but you don't want to be unhappy alone. That's excellent advice. Excellent advice. Well, on that note, I guess we can wrap it up because you have dropped like there's gems to be picked up. There's just like hella gems to like scoop up and put in my bag. You know what I'm saying? Because you have really and I, and I mean that genuinely. Like there's so much good advice that you have shared today. Like and 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 I'm I'm 32. I'll be 33 next year and. It took me a long time to learn a lot of the things that you've, you've talked about today, that we've talked about today. And I'm, I'm a huge proponent of once I learn a lesson, especially if I had to learn it the hard way, I want to share it with other people so they can hopefully not have to learn it the hard way. So Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing your, your wisdom with us today. Thank you. And before we go, where can people find you and your work and, and consume all of your wonderful goodness? So if you want to follow me, follow me on everything. Um, I'm definitely on Instagram the most. Um, on Instagram, it is at Phoenix Williams Books. On um, Twitter, it's at Phoenix underscore William, no S on the end. And then on Facebook, it is just Phoenix Williams. All of my books have these same life lessons and a whole lot more. I tell people, if you want to know my life story, just read my book. Um, and everything is right there. And you can pick those all up on Amazon. Um, I have Street Lit, Erotica, and Paranormal. So you'll get the same same little nuggets of what I've been through back when I was ratchet. Uh, <laughs> each series. And you can find those all on Amazon. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, and I'll connect with you later. Bye. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Situationships. If you like this episode, please leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Become an official Situationships Boothang by donating to the podcast Patreon page. I'll love you forever. And don't forget to connect with me and the Situationships podcast community on social media. The pod is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Situationships Pod. If you have a story you want to share on the podcast, email me at situationshipspod at gmail.com. And lastly, to stay up to date on the events, stories, and news for the podcast, sign up at situationshipspodcast.com. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.